Welcome to Mom and Doc Talk, a podcast for health-conscious parents where you get the perspective of a mom and a dad who's also a pediatrician and pediatric emergency physician. Instead of Googling your way through parenting and hoping for the best, get trusted guidance and be the empowered, savvy, and decisive parent you know you can be. Sleep easy when you follow advice tested by doctors and tried by moms and dads. Here are your mom and dad hosts, Dr. Christopher Haynes and Azure Sullivan. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Chris, and welcome back to Mom and Doc Talk. Hi, everybody. It's Azure Sullivan. So topic we're going to talk about on this episode is, I think, pretty amazing. But are you ready to learn about the top tips to organize your child's room? I'm sure you're all kind of rolling your eyes going, oh, God. I uh, am. I am. You are? You're excited about it? So, so let's start. So what is the number one tip besides shutting your child's room and just walking away? Um, what do you what do you recommend? Hold on, before we get into the tips, I want to say, you know, everybody's room has a personality. I'll call it it's just a personality. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> and what I see a lot is sometimes, yeah, okay, we all have a lot of stuff, right? Kids end up having a lot more than a lot of stuff, and parents tend to not be able to fit into their kids' bedroom. And then it starts making its way into the living room and then the dining room and then the other family room and then the kitchen. And it starts, you know, you want your kids' stuff to feel kind of a part of your stuff as well. And that's kind of them learning and maybe they have like a little kitchen set. and But it starts adding up, adding up over time. And um, this is aside from like my tips that I have prepared today. But the one thing that I really like to just tell people, and I know it sounds crazy, is really try to localize your kids stuff to their space just like you have your bedroom with your stuff in your space really kind of give them their section to say this is your space to do whatever you want so to speak and have freedom right and the living room is a shared space right and maybe you can have a couple things out there but a lot of times I see many parents having majority if not all their toys in the, the shared space and that kind of makes it their space no longer a shared space so I just want to make put that in the back of our minds while we're talking about all this stuff. So let me ask a question because I've seen that happen. And you know, my children had an area in the basement that was theirs. They had a toy closet and they had all their stuff in their bedrooms as yeah. well. What do you recommend to our listeners to prevent that? Do I have a yard sale every other week? Do I donate to um, a charitable organization? How do you, how do you do it? What are, uh, what's a technique? And I, I mean, I've heard you talk about, you know, I always joke, it kind of sounds like a finance term. The one in, one out rule. One in, one out, you know. I mean, I in. have said this many times. Uh, I know we're getting off key right now, but uh, I mean, yeah, it's really how you want to approach it because I can't just say, hey, just don't buy your kids stuff. You know, like that's not realistic. You know, I even still, I go out to a store and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go pick this up and pick that up. Or and we all have that impulse but we, buy. We've, but we've talked about it. You get, rid, you get rid of things as I well. I do. But I'm I'm also just a little like, you know, <laughs> I'm very minimalistic. But you can't stop grandparents from buying things. You can't stop friends and aunts and uncles buying things. So it's like even if you don't do it, it's like someone else is giving it to you and you feel guilty and you keep it and then – you know, the vicious cycle and, and of birthdays and Christmas. Absolutely. Things just build so you up. just you just can't 
avoid it. So what you can do is maintain it, you know, uh, tame the lion, I'll call it. We can tame the lion, but... Kind of like a bad hair day. Yes. So what you do is similar to the one one in one out rule. That is number one, right? If my kid gets this, then I'm probably going to donate that. Or I'm going to set this aside for maybe my other child or give it to the neighbor or uh, repurpose it into something else. Um, uh, You know what I have come across a lot of times is like when I want to get rid of some things, my daughter ends up being interested in it all of a sudden. I'm like, well, you didn't even want to play with that for the past three months. But now that it's in a pile going elsewhere and they might say they trick you they're like oh okay i guess you know little joey needs it so i'm just gonna keep it then and then you end up with a lot of toys but don't feel the guilt don't feel you know feed we, into we it. do as adults that's what i'm saying now, how many it's kids hard. how many kids do you buy all the things that you buy for them exactly. and then they go and they play in a cardboard box exactly so uh but yeah that's really the first thing is it's you guys parents you control it all you know one in one out real really try to maintain that or make a list of the things that hey if i go above 70 toys then i really need to do spring cleaning so to speak on their 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 stuff uh, i i think one of the you know from a pediatric standpoint one of the things to go back and look at is are things age appropriate exactly you know and use that as mm-hmm. an anchor that was my next thought was making sure like oh you know what i know that joey loves playing with this little toy but it's a baby toy and let's talk to Joey that, you know, um, there's so many other better toys, bigger, better things for him to learn and play with. And, um, you know, I, I know some uh, parents that they have like a little board on their kid's wall and they say, you know, I'm not buying your toys anymore. You are by doing your chores and earning dollars for every chore you do, whether that's brushing your teeth, putting away your dirty clothes, getting a bath by yourself, these kinds of things. You say that that's a dollar donated towards your new toy. This way they kind of value what they have and say, oh, darn, you know, like, okay, I really want toys now. I really want to earn them. So then they say, okay, we need to get rid of old toys to get new toys. And it's really about how you approach it. Maybe they're or maybe even if they're you have babies and they have a lot of toys. I mean, obviously, they're not that connected to something at that point as they would maybe a three-year-old, but it's about how you approach it, talking to your kid and bringing other better, newer toys into the play to kind of distract them to get rid of the older, you know, maybe broken or outdated or not age-appropriate toys, those things. Same thing with clothes, same thing with shoes, same thing with, you know, all these other things. So, I mean, um, that's kind of how we tame the lion is really just setting a goal for ourselves i think the idea of that board on the wall is phenomenal Uh, not only does it teach discipline and it teaches money management early oh i love it and it also you know there's lots of books out there you can read but teaches them to put money away from themselves first and begin to invest it and you know dollar today is worth than a dollar tomorrow and they can begin to invest and if you invest very small amount on a monthly basis for your child They'll have millions by the time they're 50 years old, mm-hmm. um, you know, just by compound interest. So it's a phenomenal technique to use, and I love it. And, you know, it, it, there's another point that you kind of brought to my attention is just making monthly goals for yourself or maybe even making a weekly goal. I think monthly or by, you know, every two months or every quarter of the year, you know, sounds more appropriate of like reassessing your kids' items and toys because they grow so quickly in four months, three months that it's necessary to do that 
check every three, four months and get rid of some things and rotate and rotate. And there's a lovely event that I want to make an entire podcast about that is actually coming up soon that I want to talk about. And it's a really, it's all over the country and it's a really great opportunity to not only get rid of things, but sell your kids' stuff. And I'm not talking Facebook Marketplace. I'm talking some, something that's a little bit more, um, pr- a lot more profitability, a lot more profitable for parents and quicker. So, um, but anyway, getting back on track. So um, I'm going to give you five tips today. Number one, Dr. Chris, I know we're back on track. The number one tip is I'm sure that a lot of your children's rooms are already assembled and the way that you like them or you know you need some tweaking or maybe that you are a new parent and you're thinking about assembling your child's bedroom uh, in the future number one thing that I like to think about and again that's even if your child's room is all together already is reassess the largest pieces of furniture items in their room that you want to be in there And I say that because the bigger the item, the more space it takes up. And of course, if it's a bigger item, likely it's more important to be in the room, like a bed or a dresser or, you know, a changing table, something along those lines, reading book chair. And you kind of make a written list of the things that are really important to you or you think that will be important to your child's room to uh, incorporate into that. So... The reason also being is if you just throw everything into the room because that's what I want in here, um, you might end up with a space issue and say, oh, I, I actually was planning on having a lot more in here than this room can actually hold and be functional because key word is functional. We want your room, the kid's room to be functional and not just be cute and have a ton of stuff in it and be cluttered. We want it to be functional and especially if you're doing middle of the night feedings, you know, we want to make it easy for you. And making a list of those items and kind of doing some measurements and thinking outside the box and doing a little bit of staging in your brain, thinking, oh, I could put this here, I could put that there. Then you start adding the small stuff, the little chair, little throw blanket, uh, basket holder, or the little bookshelf or little things like that. Can I ask a question? Because I'm thinking about this from my perspective of new parents. Yeah. All right. So it's six months into a pregnancy. It's your first baby. And you're like, oh, and I just had a friend that went and, you know, busy working parents. And they basically um, they hadn't prepared and they were kind of last minute, seven, eight months. You know, they were going to do all the furniture. They were going to do everything. How do you recommend Kind of like step by step, you know, you have your showers and you're getting some furniture, you're getting things for the room. How do you recommend people? You talked about a list, but give parents that haven't had kids that are currently pregnant, give an idea of how you would approach that. Yeah, I will say that especially when all the baby showers and all the gifts start flowing in, not only is it overwhelming, but it's really exciting and you want to just put everything together and just kind of throw things in a room and just that's what the baby's room is going to be like which is totally okay the other way to kind of go about it is when you feel like all of the gifts have stopped flowing you know and things are starting to slow down before you you know you give birth and i would assess what you need to assemble lots of people have swings and 
other kind of like bassinets and things like that. Uh, it's not a bad idea to assemble everything first, like out in a different room, and then see that list of everything that's really bulky. And you're like, oh, okay, I didn't realize that I had 15 bulky items. Okay, what's actually what actually needs to go into their bedroom? And versus, you know, sometimes just putting a swing in the living room or the bassinet in this other room, right? And equalizing that. And I think that people don't realize what they have until everything is displayed in front of them. And that's why I suggest not to really do it within the baby room because it can get really cluttersome and it actually clouds your perspective of visualizing what it could be. Because once you start putting everything together inside that room and putting all the clothes away and everything already, you kind of just end up leaving it there and go, okay, well, that's where it's going to be. I don't really feel like moving it or there's just too many things in here to move around. This will work for now. So I feel like even if you do that, be flexible and move things in and out and have someone help you and be there for you and maybe make a date out of it you know, um, with your partner or friends, have them help you write it down kind of like a blueprint, but that the big pieces that need to go in, that's kind of where you need to start is maybe assemble things first, see how big they really are. So you talked about visualizing and staging. What do you mean by that? And how do you do it? You know, I, I'm an ER doc. I've never staged anything. Yeah. How do you do that? The first thing is something simple like oh does the door, door open to the left or to the right can i put something behind it right um but are measuring you, are, you, are you talking like a piece of paper where you're writing on yeah you, you could using, do that are there but programs? you could write it you can write it on a piece of paper there are applications that you can actually stage like a room virtually when you put measurements in so take measurements of the room size uh make notes of where the closets are and basically put markers in your brain of like, okay, this is here, the door's there. Okay, so this is my free space. And kind of talk out loud to yourself. Process the information. Because there's a lot of times where we get excited and we put something in a room and we're like, oh, I didn't think about this clearly enough because there's not enough space to put the bed here and then open the door. And that's kind of the thing. So just put markers in your brain. You can use apps. You can write on a piece of paper. I think it's a lot of fun. Okay, so you've told us really about the first tip. What are some of the other tips? Uh, the next one really goes hand in hand with number one. And this is also like one of those markers is don't be afraid to put the furniture, the big bulky items that I mentioned, don't be afraid to put those items perpendicular to the wall, meaning not hugging the wall. So sometimes a dresser hugs the wall, the bassinet will hug the wall, the changing table will hug the wall, or a bed, and you end up with a lot of open space in the middle of the room that's lost real estate, lost space, and you kind of feel like, oh, we'll just put a rug there, and you but use the, that. But for doesn't that around. make the room feel small, like smaller when you're when you're going perpendicular? You know, doesn't it break the room up? So that's what a lot of people are think. Really, you're creating your own little workstation zones, just like a living room. Uh, you wouldn't really put a couch in front of a walkway. You kind of like would line it where it's more welcoming, right? So when you walk into the door, what's the first thing you want to want to see? You have to ask yourself, do I want to have a bed 
the first thing I, I want to be or I want to have a changing station is the first thing that I want to kind of be welcome to. Um, really, it's what how you want to function in that room, like the little pathways. A lot of times I like to have like the changing station readily available and I need it nearby. And I've had the changing table perpendicular to the wall. And then I've had the pack and play or the back, not pack and play, the uh, crib also perpendicular. And I kind of create that little area, that nook of taking the child from the, the bed to the changing table. And it's all super close by. And then the dresser's nearby and everything is within hand's reach or all oh, it's a couple steps away versus, oh, I have to walk to the other side of the room because it's on that wall. And it might make you feel worried that it makes a room look smaller, but really it actually makes it look super uh, purposeful. Like you made it like this is has a purpose. It's functional the way that it works for you. And the decorations come later so you can make it how you want it in the end. But really a room works really well when it's not all hugging the wall. And you want to use the space, especially if you have a ton of kids stuff and you want to put it all in the room really maximizing your space is using the space. So making you more efficient as a parent, basically. Absolutely. Utilizing those nooks and those different areas. Absolutely. By going perpendicular. And it really opens up your creativity for like, you know, steps five, six, seven, eight, you know, it really is like, oh, I didn't realize that I could put like something here and then like a little wheelie cart on the side of this and it actually looks really nice. And people don't think about these things until they see it in their in front of their face. So what else do you have? Uh, number three, I say a lot of people, I've seen so many parents come to me and they're like, oh, well, I just want to put this here so I don't have to look at it, and I'm gonna, but I'm losing storage space. And I look in their kid's closet and it's actually completely stuffed, but then their bedroom is kind of half empty. So I say, why don't you store everything in the bedroom then? They're like, oh, well, wouldn't it look bad? And I say, well, you can store it in plain sight and make it look really nice at the same time. So you can put storage out and make it look nice at the same time. So instead of stuffing those stacks of diapers in a closet or under a bed, which you can do, or stuffing clothes in other areas, you know, and you're just hiding it, like clothing that they don't fit into yet, just hiding it, you know, you have, maybe you have a bookshelf and you can put like two or three bins on top of the bookshelf that match. And those could be for maybe toys that are a little too old for your kid or clothing that they don't fit into or extra diapers or um, tons of other things, right? Or books. And sometimes they don't have a closet with clothing. So you store the clothing out on a clothing rod, maybe under a shelf on the wall and create that space but utilizing the wall space or utilizing and you know making them out in the open so not only can you access them but you're not you're not taking up your actual storage for the things that you can just put in the bedroom you know that you're just too afraid to show for some reason so use the closets and storage for storage stuff like real storage stuff and like the stuff that maybe you don't need right away that you can just put in plain sight right and it so, can look really so, cute. Matching so, bins, um, you know, tubs with like, you know, maybe like a skirt over them or, you know, there are lots of ideas. So lots of ways to make it look nice, but functional at the same time. Yeah. So I have, you know, take this not into a child 
child's room perspective, but I have files that I hide out in my living room by my by my table. And people think like, oh, you have a file cabinet that that's supposed to go in. Well, if I don't need these files every day, then I don't need them in my, my office. I can put them somewhere else so I have more space in my office. And so I put them in like a really nice bookshelf, but they're in a magazine holder that's really cute and they all match. No one knows that they're files. People think they're like books or something other that's more exciting than just like taxes. <laughs> but you don't know that because it just looks pretty from the outside. And you can do the same thing with a ton of little bins or file or um, like the magazine holders can hold books, can hold tons of things, right? It sounds like fantastic ideas and things that I wish I had known when I first had my kids. Yeah, there's lots of, lots of things. Um, the next one I'd say is this kind of goes hand in hand with like number three of like, you know, choosing how you want to like put storage bins or, you know, is choosing the colors of the room and whatever color that you'd like to choose, stick with like the same color palette. So, you know, choose three colors that you want to decorate the room with, you know, um, it could be, you know, a variation of thousands and thousands of colors, but stick with like the same three colors and you almost never fail of it all being tied together. Because what happens is sometimes parents like, oh, I'm, you know, a blue here, a green here, a yellow there, an orange, a purple. And it kind of looks like it wasn't intentional and you start kind of losing the the mood of the room, really. And it's a connection. Yeah. Yeah. And it really draws everything together when you really stick with the same few colors or that that same palette. And that's where it comes into moving into the de decor side of things. And I say, just focus on those colors and it actually brings it all together. Or you could just have like three main colors and like one accent piece too, or a wall, right? And that also helps too. But it also makes it like, okay, this room looks really well put together. They're amazing ideas. What else do you have for oh, us? Oh, the last one, um, this really helps with, you can incorporate your kids to do this last one. If you don't have time, busy parents, I know, if you don't have time to spend in painting a wall or getting a custom made name to hang on their walls, a decoration, you know, they make a ton of removable stickers that are super cute. They're small ones, medium ones, big ones, and you can have your kid help you decorate their own room with it, with these little stickies or you can do it yourself and it takes you know five minutes instead of choosing colors to paint a room or hang something on the wall could be just a temporary fix but it's like a last minute like oh little touch and it's super adorable and um whether or not you're okay with them just lining the wall with stickers that are two feet above the floor because <laughs> that's where they reach um that's on you but the, I, I mean, I've done that with my kid when we were, you know, just in between moving. And I was like, you know, it doesn't make sense for me to put all this time into painting. So I'm just going to decorate the walls with these removable stickers. And they looked so cute and not cheap. Like they don't look cheap, but they looked really cute. That's pretty amazing. So you just went through five really awesome tips. That's really to get you started into thinking of a basic, you know, organizing decor. So I would ask a question. So you've done this for a living. You've done it for your own. What would you say are two or three mistakes that you commonly see? And what are mistakes you might have made yourself and how would you do them different? Oh, that's great. You asked um, off the top of my head. So I'd say that there's two mistakes that I'd commonly see with children's rooms specifically. One is 
parents would say, I don't have enough space to store things, but then I see there's stuffed animals everywhere on shelving, on the bed, on the dressers, littered everywhere, really. And I say, well, if we remove six stuffed animals, then you have space to put something else. And I think some people also forget that you can decorate with even your practical things that you have. So like you could have a clock sitting on a shelf, right? Um, that maybe you'd have something, maybe something, something on the wall or somewhere else, or maybe even take that into a different room, you know, like you might have a cutting board that you store away, but really you can decorate your shelf with just laying your cutting board on the shelf, right? So take that, you know, example and putting it into your kid's room that sometimes like displaying things that you use for them every day that are not just toys, you can still decorate like the shelves with. Um, the, another, the other one would I'd say is there sometimes tends to be things kept in kids' rooms that don't belong, like Christmas decorations, so I would go into like a client's home and they'd say, oh, you see well. that all the time. Do you really <laughs> see that? I do. So they, I'd go into a, a room or a closet and they're like, oh, I'm struggling with space. And then I look at the closet and I say, well, you have Christmas and Easter decorations in here. They say, oh, well, that's where we always put it in here. So they were stuck on that even before where they had their, their children. They always used that spare closet as like their, their decorations. So half the closet was for decorations and they just couldn't get it out of their mind that it could go elsewhere. That's, that's where it went. Yes, because that's where it goes. And I say, well, it can go somewhere else. Let's try. They're like, no, but that's where it goes. So it's it's you have to get out of that mindset of like things can be moved and they will be moved. It's function. It's possible. And after I was done with that day, they were like, oh my gosh, I never, I never even thought about putting this here, right? But th- those are probably one of the big. Uh, the top two that come to my brain. It sounds like not only, you know, you not only give them organizational ideas and design ideas, but you give them almost an outside viewpoint, you know, a different perspective of, you know, when you're saying it doesn't have to be here. And I think we all get into that. Yeah, routine. You know, I'm I'm the same way, you know, certain things go in certain places and I'm sure I could be more organized by thinking about it a different way and have things look cleaner and, you know, more you know up to date um possibly so. yeah i mean if you're looking at it every day though it's hard to unthink that image yeah. and that's where i come in and i have a clean slate to work with basically because you know this might be the first time i'm ever seeing your home or seeing any of your setup and i'm like wait why is christmas here and they look at me like well why not I mean, like, no, it definitely can be here. But if you're struggling with space in your kid's room and your kid's stuff is in your bedroom, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, I'd say that one of my mistakes that I did was I'm so minimalistic that I ended up having my child's bedroom, like, be super bare. Like, I was so afraid of having too much that, like, I ended up kind of not having enough. And I was like, huh, kind of looks like, like a hospital in here. It's super sterile. And... You know, but it's okay. I think it's okay to be more minimalistic than to be over so that you're now you can't breathe in that space. But I think that was one of the things I would say as a mistake that I off the top of my head that I, you know, I think I was just so worried about having too much stuff. So these are absolutely phenomenal tips and tricks for parents, especially new parents or really any parent. Um, I want to really thank everyone for listening. Um, if you like this, um, certainly 
comment. Um, if you have questions, reach out to us and certainly ask us questions. Uh, we do parent coaching. There are our educational platform at www.bloomworldwellness, and you can follow us on social media. And again, thanks everyone for listening. And of have, course, have a great night. Yes, next time. Take care. That's all for today's episode. Thank you for joining our Mom and Doc Talk. Did any questions come up while you were listening? Share your questions with Dr. Christopher and Azure by visiting www.blueemeraldwellness.com. You can also connect with them on Instagram at WeAreKidsHealthSecrets. Don't forget to rate the show on iTunes or Spotify so we can continue answering your most pressing kids' health and parenting questions. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode of Mom and Doc Talk. The content of this podcast, the opinions and information provided by the co-host and guests are for educational purposes only and should not replace the care provided by your child's physician. If you or your child is ill or having an emergency, please call 911 or seek care immediately.